You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Travelling Tunes with Dr Kirsten Zimke. Morena Kirsten, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm good. Fresh, fresh and cold. Fresh, <laughs> fresh and cold. It is fresh. a fresh and cold day today. Uh, we're heading to a fairly fresh and cold country this morning. What are we talking about? So we're doing Ireland, and wow, I mean, what a beautiful place and amazing music and amazing impact. Totally. That the, the small place, I mean, because I guess it reminds me of New Zealand and our, our potential musically to have such an impact. But, it, I mean, obviously they're right next door to Britain, and, um, and so it's, you know, interesting seeing the sort of history. One of the great, one of the articles I read on it called it the Noisy Island. I the that Noisy was Island, that is very nice. And also such a such a sort of staunch political history in its yes. pop music as well, which we're going to definitely get into. I'm just going to hit the first track, which is the first song I taught myself to play on guitar when I was 14 years oh, old. Really? And I thought I was cool as shit. <laughs> What are we listening to, Kirsten? <laughs> Everyone will know, probably. The Cranberries, Zombie, uh, 1994. Now, I'm wondering what you thought of the lyrics when you were 14. I, that's what got me obsessed with it. Like, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Political, radical, incredible. Oh, okay, so you did, like, get into that part of it. Oh, yeah, I was a big nerd. I can't imagine. <laughs> Rude. song about Kirsten so it's her well them um, sort of not apologizing but saying how upset they are at a bombing that happened to kill some children so she's saying this is not us we didn't do it not all Irish people did this she makes reference to the 1916 Eastern Rebellion which is what caused the Troubles. It's interesting. I've heard people talk about The Troubles, you know, like in Irish movies. And that's really what they call, you know, the, the whole situation, <laughs> The Troubles. But in her voice, you can hear, you know, she's doing traditional, she's adding sort of traditional totally. elements, folk elements. And that's another thing we'll hear in all these Irish tracks is how they maintain this kind of Irishness. And yeah, the lilting and the, yeah. and the rawness. Yeah. Somebody says this is every high school talent quest in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's so, it's so rough. I don't know. But you know how like they can be great pop music. You know, this is great rock hit. You know, wonderful. But still be so very Irish, you know, to really yeah. maintain their own identity. And also to have such a reach with the song and it be such a very directly political song yeah, is something yeah. is, is that you don't actually often hear in super, super popular pop music. At least anymore, I that's think. That's right, that's right. Um, 
you know, so in doing some background reading about it, you know, that that culture sustains nationality. And we know that, you know, we talk about that a lot here in Aotearoa, trying to survive in a global world. But um, they were talking about that music is so much part of Irish identity. Totally. Music, songs, dance, poetry, and storytelling. Using songs for storytelling. Mm. So I just, yeah, I just think there's such a great example of, you know, a country sort of able to, you know, just swim in this Anglophone hegemonic pop music global thing, but it maintains such a distinctive identity. Totally. But yeah, her, her voice, wow. Now, her, this is like proper indie rock music, and some of the bands um, incorporate more like, you know, folk instruments, fiddles, <laughs> and uh, whistles, and um, the Bodrum drum, um, you know, so we're going to get some of that as what? well as some of the other songs. One song we're not playing this morning, which I love in the sort of like Irish... Uh, pop anthems way is the rockers and Hammond song is one for me that sits more in that the folk end but it's still a commentary about yeah. Irish society there's a lot of explicitly pr- political Irish pop music and it's very cool well even you too you know you'd think it'd be yes, risky actually, for them even you too I well, hate to say it but even you too they have some they have some radical messages in some yeah, of their tracks yeah and which is a big risk you know if you're going to be a big middle of the road mainstream pop and then they made their uh, album appear on everyone's iPhones yeah, I was that one say, time. I'll never forgive them. <laughs> what was it called? A Joshua Tree or something? I don't. And they was like, oh. themselves upon me. I just had no consent. Get off my iPod. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I read one article that talked about musically their adaptability. You know, because they're right next door to UK, they would have had all the UK bands and whatever's popular, you know, come visit them way more than we would have had, you know, bands coming through here. Totally. But so that they did you know, have rock bands like Van Morrison and Thin Lizzy and, and U2, um, but still keep their identity. Totally. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> so this is The Coors. Yes. Runaway, 1995. Uh, they're family, and I don't think I'd known that about them. I feel like there's also, this is also another quite Irish thing. There's quite a lot of um, fa- family, bands family bands that make it quite Yeah, big. see, that would, I'm going to do that as a theme sometime too. Nice. Shouldn't have wasted the course on this one. <laughs> um, but um, and so you can hear like mandolin, ukulele, the whistle, and the fiddle, which, okay, I've been in this music gig a long time, let's be honest. I'm like, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? Nothing. There we go. Just what genre are you playing? <laughs> yeah, true. Style. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought there was maybe different. We've got a, a text from someone who says they grew up in Northern Ireland in the 70s, 80s and 90s and Cranberry Zombie never fails to send shivers up my spine. It captures all the pain and the passion so well. Oh. That's a lovely text. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah. Someone pain else says uh, as well that they know that the Cranberries haven't always like been seen as the coolest, but they had it on Kissingle and they absolutely <laughs> loved it. I mean, it's a transcendent track, that one. Yeah. Speaking of not the coolest, I mean, the cores aren't necessarily, like, in any concept an indie band. But this uh, also goes really hard, this track, not going to lie. The lyrics for a family band, I mean... 
Well, I would want to sing this with, what the hell? with my relations. <laughs> Actually, I think I read an article talking about that from the mom in the audience. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just mentioning other Irish, like the Pogues, Dubliners, Clanad, the Commitments, and, and is everyone ready? River Dance. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But just, you know, putting that Irishness so strong into what they do. And, and musical instruments, you know? Totally. And as uh, is being very evidenced by the text machine popping off this morning, uh, <laughs> there's a big relationship between New Zealand and Ireland yeah. through... Um, our colonial history and like you know settler context as well but also through this shared context of colonization too yeah. there's a lot of yeah. shared um like uh, protest sentiments as well so and then i read one article i think that was even like trying to claim any artist of irish descent which of course you know we know in new zealand would be oh, what half the country or something but um so Billie Eilish, Nigel Horan, Mariah Carey. <laughs> Notoriously <laughs> Irish. Famously very Irish. Yeah, her mom is Irish-American. And um, and then Ed Sheeran, uh, I think they said his grandparents are American, oh. and he has that song Galway. Galway. He does, to be fair. Yeah. But there's a but, really but, interesting thing, which we've actually talked about before, Kirsten, about that Irish-American culture yeah. as well being so strong because... I mean, there's such a very alive community of Irish yeah, American in heritage. Yeah, in Boston, yeah. In parts of New York, and yeah. Someone says this is making them miss the Irish jam nights at the Dog Bollocks <laughs> in 2000s. Well, yeah, the fact Definitely. that we had that, you know, that we had that. Got a, got a lot of texts about the Dubliners <laughs> coming in, and uh, also the Pogues as well. Yeah. Someone's just texted in, come out you black and tans and fight me like a man. <laughs> I'm not going to try and say that in the accent, but I did read it in my yeah. head in the accent. So we could have had a whole day. We could have done this for a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure actually all the listenership would be very stoked about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad. So, so this one is less, obviously, a political anthem, but as you said, it's drawing really directly on folk traditions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And as someone on the text machine is pointing out, a lot of massive English pop stars with Irish heritage have called back to that as well, yeah. like yeah. Lennon and McCartney and others. Too. Yes, I was really surprised when I saw that. I hadn't seen that as an angle you know, around them. You know, Irish must be very loving people. Probably no doubt uh, about who we're listening to here. Sinead O'Connor and the Chieftains with the Foggy Jew. Now, tell us a bit about the Foggy Jew, Kirsten. They've been around since 1962. That's a lot of decades for a band to go. And yeah, they've been sort of representing the sort of Celtic 
you know, sound internationally. They've performed with all sorts of big stars. And weirdly enough, a lot of um, interaction they've done with, like, American country music, hmm. which probably, you know, has some of the same roots. You know, it probably was some Irish folks. Totally. You know. Um, this track, though, this is... This is an is this an old folk song that they've redone? Yes, is that right? yes, yeah. it is. And so that's the other thing they do is bring these traditional things and modernize them, and keeping these songs, you know, alive for multiple generations. Mm. So Ulian pipes, flutes, tin whistles, oboe, harp. You can hear. And they mention the 1916 Easter Rebellion too. We've been talking lots about Sinead, obviously, uh, in the last week since she passed away, but she is really the pinnacle of of that radical um, inflection point between being an an artist who had a megastar moment, used it to be an activist, and the world was like, whoa, that's a bit too much for us. Yeah, it's funny, because we we were just talking about how how people can get away with it, and she did not. No. And it was funny, because I had planned this, you know, before her passing, and then I'm like, oh no, like, can we still do this? Because we should just be all Sinead. But, but yeah, her, and I think that's one of the many particularly sad things about her passing is that, you know, now that she's passed, everyone's going, wow, you're really brave. Oh my God, I know. You know? The, mm. the bloody sun coming out with the paper being like, oh, Sinead, it's absolutely piss off. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's many things sad, but that is, I know it's really sticking in, you know, a lot of people's craws is in some of the Irish artists too coming out and saying, where were you last week? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely, I hope my grandma's listening. She'll be feeling extremely oh. Irish this morning. <laughs> Going back to the cause for a second, someone said that the cause played an industry-only show at the power station before anyone knew who they were, and it was sponsored by Guinness, and it was oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh yeah, well back to cranberries too. I wanted—I didn't mention Dolores O'Riordan, who passed away in 2018. I know, not that long ago either. I know, so I, yeah, I feel like I sort of missed that as well. I do, I do really like a quote from Sinead that's been doing the rounds in this last week where uh, people, I can't remember who it was, someone asked her about whether she regretted ripping up that picture of the Pope and she said she absolutely didn't. She said it was brilliant and she's glad she did it. Uh, and then she was asked about whether she was uh, worried that it had derailed her career and she said having a number one <clears throat> excuse me having a number one hit single derailed her career oh, and wow. uh, ripping up the picture of the pope got it back on track which i thought was extremely Sinead and oh, extremely wow. staunch That's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. Fall. 
Oosh. Well, I hope everyone goes off and has an extremely staunch morning now. Thank you yeah. for bringing us a bit of Irish uh, Irish anthems this morning. It's been excellent, Kirsten. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend. All right. Okay. Bye. That Bye. was Travelling Tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zimpke. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.